Sports Talk with R and J. I mean, I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin D'Onofrio. And did we really think Belichick was going to have Jared Stidham as a starting quarterback this year? And that answer is no. Because on Sunday, the Pats signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal. I mean, this is a low-risk, high-reward for the Patriots. And I love this move. I really love this move. Because I, I think if Cam Newton is healthy, and he, ha- and he really hasn't been since the middle of the 2018 season, if Cam Newton is healthy, he's a top-10 quarterback in this league. And he's probably as good or maybe better than Tom Brady last season. So this is, this is, this is a great move for the Patriots. I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this move for the Patriots. I think this makes them, I, this, the, the Patriots, I thought with Jared Sidham as a starter, they were a six and 10 team, six and 10 tied for last place in the, in the AFC East. And this move makes them, if Cam is, if Cam is healthy, this move makes them a favorite in the AFC East. This move gets them to, I think the bills are close, but this, I think this move, because of, I, I take Cam over Josh Allen, I think the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. And I think this makes, they're back to being a top three team in the AFC because of this move. I, I, I love this move for the Patriots. I mean, yeah, they're not better than Baltimore and Kansas City. I think a big reason for that is Cam is not as good, even when healthy, is not as good as Mahomes or Lamar, Lamar is right now. And the weapons for the Patriots are just not the, 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 as good as the weapons are for the Ravens and for the Chiefs. But, you know, a move that I, I had a feeling all offseason the Patriots were going to make, they did it. I, I didn't think they were, they were going to go into the season with Jared Stidham as their starting quarterback. They signed Cam Newton to a really to a one-year deal, so so it's so it's I mean low risk, high reward. Up thanks to show up to seven point five million. So it's uh, I mean low risk, high reward, great deal for the Patriots, and they're right back in the conversation to win the division and maybe to get get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know it's a great it's a very good pickup. Um, I don't know why it was you know. I was a little bit surprised that they actually did. I'd never, cause um, in this morning I did hear that one, that one of the, it was an anonymous AFC East coach saying he'd be shocked at Cam Newton's or day one starter. He still thinks that Bill loves Jared Stenham and that Stenham's going to be the day one starter. I guess we'll find out. Um, but I'm excited because I'm excited to see, and even with everything going on in the shorter offseason, all this, I'm excited what Bill and Josh McDaniels come up with Cam Newton for this offense. Cause of course, you know, you can't really, Cam Newton, I you know it depends how healthy Cam is too. I don't want Cam running around 25, 30 times a you know a game if he's not 100 percent healthy and getting himself killed out there. But it's exciting because you know it's exciting because and the thing is though is why I keep thinking as well is is they didn't pick up any weapons and we saw Brady struggle with that last year. Yeah, but I think and, that what they're trying to do is they're trying to trust Nikhil Harry. He's he's he was their first round pick two years ago. He's, he's yes, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of size. Yes, he has issues with separation. Mohamed Sanu, he came in. He's a he was a decent receiver for the Falcons, but he came in in the middle of the season, so he really didn't pick up the system. We all know Julian Edelman's a good player, so maybe they feel like the weapons are a little bit better than everyone thinks. Maybe because I know Sanu and Newton were working out last night. Sanu needs to just catch the ball. He had, he had problems with that last year. Um, you know, they did pick a couple of tight ends in the draft. Um, but, yeah, who knows? I'm just excited to see what McDaniels and Belichick can do at Cam. I definitely, with their defense, too, um, again, they don't really need to put up 35 points. They, they don't need to put up 25, 26 points a game. As long as they can put up some points, um, they should be all right. But, yeah, because I – and the thing about cinema is, too, I remember two years ago – you know, when he, you know, back in August, he was supposed to be like the first pit, um, quarterback taken in that draft at Auburn senior year. And so the guy has talent. He, when he transferred to, um, to Auburn from Baylor, he just did not fit. Scud- yeah, but look at what happened. Look at what happened when he, he, played, he went up against Tua his, 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 in his yeah. last year there. Tua destroyed. They went to, Alabama beat him 52-21. He lost five games at Auburn as the starting quarterback at Auburn that year. And yeah. you remember last year when he came to that game against the Jets, yeah, he threw that interception to, to uh, Jamal Adams. And, and Belichick thought Brady was done for the day. He had to bring him back into that game. So I just didn't think Jared Stidham was ready. I thought the Patriots with him, they, they were a they were six, six win te- five, six-win team. Now this move changes, changes a lot of things if Cam is healthy. They're a 10-11 to 11 win team and the favorite to win the AFC East. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that, you know, them and Buffalo are going to be right there. Miami's improved. And, the, you know, and I think the thing that really helps going back to the weapons, too, is a guy like Cam, and we see this all now at the running quarterbacks, 
is it turns on it turns into an 11, 11 on 10 game because now you've got to have a guy you got to put like a linebacker or on like a spy so now you you could have that possibly hopefully if camp's fully healthy and, and kind of back to self i think that really kind of bodes well for the patriots is belichick and big daniels come up with a different couple schemes for him um and then the other interesting part too is if week one of the preseason gets canceled Carolina comes into Foxborough week two of preseason. So Cam's first game as a Patriot could be against his former team. And here's the interesting thing. Last year, Cam, you know, he suffered that Liz Frank injury. He got hurt in preseason against the Patriots. He tried playing through those in, playing through that injury in their first two games, and he couldn't do it. And he ended up he ended up he ended up being out for the year. And now, ironically, he's now with the Patriots. Yeah, it's a you know weird uh, turn of events. Um, Definitely throw him, but and you know, Belichick had a quote too a couple years ago because Cam's tuning over to the Patriots. And we know, we know, yeah, he beat him in 2013, that controversial game where yeah. they had that missed pass interference call. And then in 2017, he went up to Foxborough and beat them in week four when they when he kicked that game in field goal. And the, when the Panthers were on a game winning field goal, and he played really well that game. Yeah, he's 2 0 against the Pats. You'll forget yeah. that the Pats did not beat Cam Newton. No, they didn't. And back when after they beat him, he said, uh, Bill said that Cam Newton's like the toughest quarterback he's had to prepare for the last few years. So yeah, because um, of the, because of the dual threat he is. Yeah. He, he, you know, and the size too. And he, and if he, he's definitely healthy, this is such a great, great gap for the Patriots offense. And it just helps so much because I, I really did not know what this offense will behold with not really adding much. And with the receiver struggled last year, and now you bring in a, a rookie quarterback or a year two quarterback with his first start, it would have probably been pretty ugly. Um, so hopefully Cam's healthy. But, it, you know, I, I'm excited. I just didn't really actually think that the Patriots are going to make the move. I thought Stenham was probably going to be the guy because I think Bill really likes Stenham and he, what, you know, in the next couple of years. But, again, now this gives Stenham, too, another year to just kind of um, learn, learn the system, learn the office, especially, you know, he hasn't been able to work out with too many of the guys yet either which you know i was a little nervous about um but yeah you know, i'm excited to see cam new in a patriot uniform i don't think listen if this works out they win 10 11 games they get to the playoffs they even get to the afc championship game jared Sidham isn't going to see the field unless cam newton gets hurt because if they're, they're going to sign cam newton long term they're that's they, 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 they'll they they the right they'll find their solution they found their solution at quarterback if they get if they make a deep playoff run this year cam newton will be their quarterback in the future the, the way he isn't though is that the team is like around 500 eight and eight and they would probably say all right we go with stidham or, or we're going to draft someone so i think if they go far there's no way jared stidham sees the field this year i mean not not not, not in the future i meant i could definitely see that happening um you know because i you know because right now i don't know if this is just kind of a rental type of thing for both sides kind of get cam back you know, maybe, you know, he finds a longer term deal somewhere else, or maybe this does work pan out. Maybe this really does pan out. Maybe he does sign a contract extension, uh, which would be fine with me if he plays well enough. So, I, you know, it definitely helps both sides. Um, I could definitely, you know, again, yeah, if they do make the AFC Championship game, I, I'd be shocked if they let Cam Newton go. Again, you know, unless it's Bill, you know, because they do have a lot of free agents they got to resign next offseason. Because, um, I, especially on the defensive side, I believe they they got. Um, I think both of them are Cordy brothers are up. I forgot forget who else, but um, you know, it'd be very interested. Be very interesting. I wouldn't mind it if, as long as he plays well and as long as he stays healthy. I wouldn't mind having Cam Newton for another couple of years. If, but again, with the durability issues he's already had, does it you know continue or does it get worse down the road? It's kind of the only downside and the only kind of. One of the worries you would have your Patriots about signing long term. Yeah, that's the interesting part of the situation. The guy's definitely been, been has the last two years. He's definitely had a, he had the shoulder injury at the middle of the 2018 season, the Liz Frank injury last year. But let's not forget this: before he got had the shoulder injury, you should look at his numbers in the in the uh, 2018 season. His first eight games, he had 19 total touchdowns, 15 passing, four rushing, and and three interceptions. And a big thing is, is he probably had the best offensive coordinator he ever had in his career. He had North Turner as, off, as his offensive coordinator. And then obviously that the, in the second half of that year, when he was hurt, he had nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions, the team went 0 and six, but a big reason for that was because Cam wasn't healthy. So with good coaching, you saw that with, with when North Turner was there at the beginning of the 2018 season, Cam really flourished and Cam really succeeded. And that's why 
hearing about, oh, he might not fit Belichick's system or McDaniel's system is a bunch of nonsense. The, a big, the biggest, one of the biggest strengths of Patri- the Patriots coaching staff is they will design an offense to, to set you up to succeed. They're going to design an offense to set Cam Newton up to succeed. And evidence of that was in that in the 2016 game, I, I was listening to Golik and Wingo and Trey Wingo brought this up in the 2016 game, the Pats played against the, uh, the Texans when uh, Brady was suspended and then Garoppolo got hurt. The Pats designed the, the Pats ran Jacoby Brissett eight times for 48 yards and he had a touchdown. So the Patriots are going to design an offense that that's going to fit Cam Newton. They're not going to say, Oh, Cam, you have to run our scheme or, or you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to succeed. They're going to, to, to design an offense that's going to make Cam Newton succeed. And that's why I think this is a great move because I think he's in the right place with the right coaches. And I think this is really going to work for, for him. Yeah, definitely. I was going to bring up that game back 2016 with Brissett because yeah, you know, after grapple got hurt it, and that's why the Patriots have been so good for one of the big reasons is that, they adjust, Bill adjusts to his team's strengths and quarterback wise, definitely, yeah, you know, they, they're definitely going to put in a kind of a pat, you know, a scrambly pat, you know, some options and all, and all that as long as Cam can run and can stay healthy or <clears throat> totally enough to kind of run. Um, so, yeah, you know, like, I didn't get that why people are saying, oh, he doesn't fit the scheme, but they, they, they're going to change up the scheme with Cam Newton, definitely. You know, that's probably one of the big pieces that they, Wanted to get him, kind of, um, and it's gonna be very fun to watch to see what you know what they do do with with Cam because um, with with the with the minds that Bill and Josh McDaniels have, it's gonna be really fun to watch. I'm excited to see Cam. Oh, absolutely. And and the thing is, is there's a way. I think there's a very good chance of it of it succeeding. I think there's a great chance of it succeeding, but there is that small chance of it not succeeding. And the old the, the way. The small chance of it not succeeding is, is it is a little bit of a complicated scheme and he could have trouble learning it at the beginning of the season. But I think by the end of the year, he's going to be able to pick up this system. And, and obviously this coach what makes the, the Patriot coaching staff so great is their way to adjust to their player strengths. And I think that will be the case with Cam Newton. Yeah, definitely. And especially with the off season too, with the shorter off season, who knows when teams are actually going to get back and be able to practice with each other. It's, Definitely, it's going to take those first couple of games, especially you lose preseason. It is going to take a few games for Cam to really settle in and get used to the system that they're going to run and get used to the weapon, you know, the wide receivers, tight ends. It's it possibly could take some time. It possibly could be an all baby slow. Get oh, I, I I think the Patriots will. I think the Patriots will get off to like maybe like a two and two start, maybe do a two and two, maybe even two and three. But I think this team really, really finishes strong and finishes like. 11 and five. And it's going to be a close division race with the bills. I mean, they're not clearly better than the bills getting, making this move. The bills have gotten better. They've gotten, they, they traded for Stefan Diggs and they got some really good young players on defense. Tredavious way has proven to be a stud. They got Jerry Hughes is a good pass rusher Ed Oliver and uh, Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, Tremaine Edmonds, a linebacker, they're potential studs on that defense as well. So buff and they got a really good coach in Sean McDermott. So it definitely, and you, and you remember last year in the AFC East, that Buffalo was close to those were two one score games, and one of those games is the, uh, the the first game in Buffalo. Josh Allen got hurt, and Matt Barkley had to come in. So on that tip by Jonathan Jones, so it's close between the Patriots and Bills. It was last year, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see who ends up winning this AFC East. Now, I thought the Bills before this were clearly the best team. They had the best roster, and even the best you could argue maybe the best quarterback. And outside of Belichick, the outside of Bel- obviously outside of Belichick, the best coach. But right now. It's it's it's. I think the Patriots definitely have the edge in the AFC East over the Bills. I think get yeah, very slight edge. I give the Patriots, but again, it's it's going to be pretty much a coin top of those two teams. It's going to be fun to watch because both those games last year were good. Even though like that first game at Buffalo was pretty ugly offensively, there was what five or six turn. You know, it was a turnover press for a while. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely could see the Patriots because I know they got Seattle week two. Niners weeks. So I'm trying to, you know. Yeah, you look at their schedule. They open up Miami. They, they should be fine there if Cam yeah. starts and Fitzpatrick starts for them. Week two is going to be a challenge. I mean, they got to face Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's a. I, I, the game might have no fans, which could help the Patriots because yeah. you know how tough a place Seattle is to play in. But I, still, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, that game is going to be a challenge. Uh, week three, they should be fine against the Raiders if Cam if, if Cam starts. And then week four is another challenge too for them. They got they got to go to Kansas City, but also another advantage because. They'll probably be without fans. And Kansas City is another very tough place to play, but also he is going up against Patrick Mahomes. And if you look at their schedule this year, they go to Seattle, go to Seattle, 
go to Kansas City. Uh, uh, they, they host Baltimore and San Francisco. And, and in my opinion, those are the four best teams in the NFL. And I think three or four of those games, three out of the four of those games with Jared Stidham would be automatic losses. They'd probably be all those, those teams could pretty much just win by showing up. Now those are going to be compelling games. And then their game against the Niners, they play in the first half of the season. I think they have a good chance. They have a much better chance of winning that game because they arguably have the better quarterback going into that game. Yeah. You know, I know going in the Pats um, percentage wide from last year, I've like the toughest schedule in the NFL. So they, you know, they got, they do have that, but yeah, you know, I think it could be advantage going early week two and week four to Seattle and KC, the two toughest places to play in the NFL without any fans. It's huge form. And yeah, you know, they probably get play the top four teams in the NFL. And I, you know, yeah, you know, they looked on them, you know, Saturday and probably go, yeah, they're probably one and three, oh and four. But now, now with Cam, it really puts you in a better position. Um, the win they have the early, you know, they have a week six by two as well, which could pan out before playing San Fran. You also have Denver coming week five, which you know could be interesting with Drew Locke. Um, but yeah, you know, um, they're definitely a, not, you know, now these games in Baltimore, KC, I feel a little bit more confident. I feel, you know, I, I mean, you shouldn't be completely confident, those are yeah, clearly the two best teams in the AFC, but you're more they're not automatic losses like they yeah. probably were with Stidham. Yeah, yeah, I feel better about those two, a little bit better about those two games than I did the other day, you know, like where you thought they're probably going to be on that losses. Um, so, yeah, it just helps, you, it, you know, it just he's going to make the offense better and he's going to be able to put us in a position to, to have a chance to maybe hopefully get, you know, make another Super Bowl run, you know, if, if things pan out and he can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. If you get the camera 2015 – there is definitely a good chance. I don't think you're getting the camera 2015. I, I, I don't think the camera 2015 is coming back. I think that was a one season thing where he was a top, one of the, was a top three quarterback. He was dominating. You even look at his weapons that year outside of Greg Olson. I mean, Jericho Cotri, Ted Ginn, Philly Brown. He did not have great receivers either that year. Yeah. They had a, they had a really, they had a pretty good, they had a really good defense and they had a really good running game, but the guys he was throwing the ball to are, are arguably New England actually has better guys than that team with, with Edelman. They probably have better. I mean, better receivers than that team did, but I don't think you're getting the cam in 2015. If you are, that would be, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. And Joe makes, Joe makes a good point. Pro football focus has ranked uh, cam 27, uh, 20, yeah, 27 to 23, the past four seasons. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think a big reason for that is he's not the most, he's not the most accurate passer. I mean, if you look at his completion percentage, it is down. That's his game is not to have a high completion percentage, but you saw with good coaching in 2018 with uh, with North Turner and Christian McCaffrey turning into one of the best backs in the leagues, his completion percentage went, went up in that 2000, in that 2018 season. And don't forget the second half of that 2018 season. If you saw the games and I saw that Monday night game against the uh, saints, he, his shoulder injury really affected him that year. He just did. He didn't. If you look, if you look at those games, he did not play well. At, at all, at all in, in those games. And, and right, well, I'll just take a little break here from the talk. We saw Joe comment. We, also, we obviously want to wish Joe a happy birthday on Monday. His birthday was Monday. We want to wish him happy birthday. He's done a great job producing this show. I mean, putting all of our graphics up. He's done an outstanding job doing that. And we want to wish him happy. On, on Monday was his birthday, so I want to wish him a happy birthday. So we want to get that out of the way. But now back to Cam Newton. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm a big pro football focus guy. I'm a, I'm a big – I don't look at it as much for quarterback play and receiver play and running back play. What I look at it more for is offense. The, 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 four, the things I look at from pro football focus are offensive line play and defensive players that are not pass rushers. I really look at those grades really, really well. Sometimes pro football focus in terms of quarterback play could be a little off. I remember one time back in uh, 2013 – where uh, Pro Football Focus had like Philip Rivers ranked ahead of Tom Brady because and and, and there's no way at all at any at any day in the National Football League that you could ever say Philip Rivers was better than Tom Brady. So I'm a PPF guy and and 85% of the time I trust what PPF says, but when it comes to quarterbacks, you know, wide receivers, uh, running backs, skill, quarterbacks, and skill guys on offense. I don't trust them as much as I do offensive linemen uh, and, 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 de and defensive players. So I don't trust, I don't trust them. I don't trust them as much, but I'm a pro football focus guy. Great point by Joe, but still, yeah. And, and, and that stack goes up there, but in my opinion, 
I think, yes, if we look at, if we do look at camp seasons, 2016 was probably one of his worst seasons coming off that Super Bowl loss. 2017, yes, yeah, statistically it wasn't great, but he still won 11 games and got that team to the playoffs. And that, let's not forget the 2017 season. That was really McCaffrey struggled to run the ball that year. He was a pretty good receiver, but he struggled to run the ball. But in 2018, when they got a new offensive coordinator, North Turner, and Christian McCaffrey started to get better, you saw Cam Newton's numbers go up, and you saw his completion percentage go up. The reason his, his pro football focus grade might not be great that year was because he played hurt in the second half of that season. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and a big part of the last few years is he hasn't been 100% healthy. And, you know, and, and we've seen the accuracy as well. He's thrown a good amount of picks in his, in his career or the last few years. So, yeah, I can definitely see why it's down. But now he's had – it's going to be, you know, um, kind of pretty much was, you know, most of the year didn't start at all last year. So he's had kind of, you know, almost like a full year, before, you know, since his last start, it's going to be, you know, in, in September, they start on time and they, they should be, and you give them, you know, a full year, got healthy and hopefully, you know, he is a hundred percent. They, and of course, right now during these times, you're not able to do a physical with them. So you, don't, you know, you kind of got based off on what he says. I did hear his dad said he fought, you know, um, he's been working out a ton. I think, you know, seven days, six, seven days a week. He's been um, throwing the ball around, getting, getting work. And he's really, you know, his dad said he's really healthy right now. He's, he's you know, um, so that's a good sign that hopefully, you know, the shoulder injury is kind of gone. Hopefully it won't come back the foot you know, all that, that's kind of been his uh, kryptonite the last few years. And if, and if it doesn't, I could definitely see him being, the, you know, his pro football ranking go up for quarterback. Pro football focus, you mean? Pro, pro Yeah, pro football focus. And I love uh, that site, dude. I, don't get me wrong. They've helped me. Uh, that's helped my football knowledge out a good amount, too. I love that site. Don't get me wrong. But I just think sometimes they, they do watch a lot. Of, they, watch, they, they watch everything. They watch a ton of film. I love that site. But sometimes with quarterback – we can kind of walk with our own two eyes. We don't need to have a pro football focus number to jump. How good a quarterback is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah, I, I do look at that, that, that kind of for some of the stuff. I don't, you know, I look a little bit what they you know, what the quarterbacks, but um, yeah, no, because I tell you, it, it, um, really, really good for all you know for all that stuff. Um, but as long as you know, King has a better year, stays healthy, you know. Uh, that that uh, his ranking should be should go up. Yes, and my prediction is I don't think the Patriots obviously will get the Cam Newton in 2015. But if he's healthy, I think they get the Cam Newton from 2011 to 2014, and the Cam Newton from 2016 to 2018 before, before Cam Newton hurt, hurt his shoulder. So I think they get like a top 10 quarterback. And I think we're this this now. I had the Patriots previously before this move at six and ten. I think they're a 10, 11 win team that wins the AFC East and is a top three team in the AFC. And I say gets to wins a playoff game and gets to the divisional round and loses to Baltimore, Kansas city. What do you think, Justin? Yeah. So before this, I had them seven and nine, eight and eight. Now I definitely think they could get that to 10 or 11 wins. I'll take them to beat Buffalo in the AFC East. So um, you get that top three, but you know, I, you know, I would love to pick, you know, right now, I don't know if I could pick against Baltimore. Um, you know, who, who knows what, ha you know, what go happens this off, you know, next season with Baltimore's offense until that. I'm going to say they probably go down against Baltimore, probably a tight one. So I, I think they get to the divisional round, um, which, again, from a few days ago, probably, you know, you didn't really think that. So I'd, I'd take getting back to the playoffs, you know, going to Baltimore, finishing as a top three seed. It'll be interesting. It's a, and the thing is about this move, no matter how good or bad the Patriots are, they are a lot more interesting with Cam Newton as their quarterback as they are with Jared Sinemans as their quarterback. I think we all could agree on that. that yeah, definitely. I don't know what this offense is going to hold with Jared Sinem being under center week one. It's going to be uh, very uh, nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, right after the Patriots did sign Cam Newton, the NFL did drop the hammer on them on another penalty. And we all remember uh, last year, the Patriots TV production crew uh, was caught filming the Bengals sideline during the uh, Bengals Browns game in week 14. 
and the, they and the league came up with their punishment on uh, uh, on Sunday night, and the the, the organization is fined one point one million dollars, and a third round pick is taken away. And let's be honest, for something like that, in my opinion, is a little bit of a harsh penalty. But I think the history with Spygate and Deflategate, and we all know that is what really hurt the Patriots in this case. I think it's a little bit harsh, but knowing their history, you can understand the punishment. Um, I thought it was a little too big. I totally forgot this even happened. You know? Really? Really? I totally forgot they even did this. Oh, really? I, I, I know. I knew they. I knew they did it. I mean, we talked about it on our show in December. I, I knew they did it, but like, I just forgot that. I just, it just left my mind. Like, I, you know, I wasn't thinking about that anymore. I thought that was all over and done with. I just don't understand it because I heard they found no evidence to bring back that the camera crew actually had ties working in with the organization. They worked for Kraft, but they didn't work for the actual um, football operations part. So they found no evidence about that, which kind of, it's like, you found no evidence. Can you really, I I know their history has not looked good. I understand that. I, I think it's too harsh, a third round pick. I think, you know, for something that, they, you know, we have no evidence on all that. Um, the interesting thing is if they don't sign Cam Newton back and Cam Newton leaves as a free agent, they get a compensatory fourth round pick. So they technically, so they get the pick back, but in the next round, they get that extra pick. Um, I, I think it was a little bit too harsh. I, you know, I, it, it was, they didn't, you know, and they even showed there was a 10 minute video. They didn't, there was no, um, they did not pan in to the coaches or, you know, to the signs. You could not see any play cards. You couldn't see any signs. They were doing it right in front of the press box in front of, or yeah, I think it was pre, um, right in front of like the Cincinnati coaching staff. So it, it, it just, I don't know. I, I, in, I heard the video was 10 minutes of B-roll. So I, I don't know. I, I just didn't get it, but I know with their history, they probably, you know, they had to do something. I don't know. I think it was a little, I think it was a little bit too much taking on a third round pick wrong, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, you're taking a third round pick and you forget a third round pick could be a, you know, a lot of third round picks are start are not great players, obviously, but they're starters. They're solid starters in a lot of teams in the, in the league. So you're taking a third round pick for something that's a little bit Mickey mouse. That's, that's why I think this penalty is, is, is a little bit too harsh for what they did. Yeah, it is. And that's usually where Belichick thrives at like third, fourth, kind of around and, you know, all the way to the seven round, usually where Belichick kind of finds those gems and all that. So, yeah, they could definitely kind of come back and maybe hurt a little bit, not get, not having that third round pick because he usually does, has better picks later in the draft than he does in the beginning of the draft. Um, the $1.1 million isn't really, you know, doesn't matter. Yeah, the money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. craft. Come on, come on, yeah. <laughs> come on. I mean, yeah, for one point one million dollars for anyone else is yeah. catastrophic. Yeah. But for craft, it's nothing basically. Yeah. And it's crazy to say one point one million dollars is nothing for somebody. For someone like craft, it's nothing. Yeah, that's that's nothing. I'm more concerned with the third third round pick, which it, it, it does hurt them. Um, just the way Belichick drafts, he usually, you know, of course, finds those gems later in the draft. But uh, I just. Yeah, it, it was nothing big. It was the one in ten Bengals. Like, come on, does Bill really need Phil in the one in ten Bengals? And that's probably why the league kind of came down on him. Actually, the Bengals had no wins at that time. No, no, they did have one. They did have one. I got it. They did have one win. They beat the Jets right after Thanksgiving. So it was the one in ten Bengals. You're right about that. But yeah, I, I mean, that's why I think why the league came down on them for that. I mean, you're playing a team, the worst, the worst team in the NFL. Do you really need uh, to get a competitive advantage playing that team? No. no. Come on, Bill. Bill can out coach Zach Taylor to sleep. Yeah, I mean, honestly, between you and me, Zach Taylor, there's no way Zach Taylor should be a head coach in the NFL, but that's that's another story for another day. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's – that they should have been – and then Joe put up a good graphic here. The NFL couldn't connect Belichick to the filming. And, yeah, he was he was exonerated from this. And I think outside of uh, Spygate, which he was totally involved in, Deflategate, which, in my opinion, he kind of skated in, and then this, this is definitely the thing he's the least responsible for. Yeah, you know, this, it was kind of – a crap tight because they worked for crap so it was like um that um what's the, you know for like a commercial or something for their for a show or whatever like it yeah like bill, bill had no part of it bill had no no idea um anything about it it's just yeah it just makes makes no sense why if you don't find anything about it or any evidence how you take a third round pick from them, i don't know um again i know it's their history they did it but yeah i, I I just don't understand it. 
don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I mean, if, if in the grand scheme of things, even all of these Patriots cheating scandals, if you like compare them to like the, what the Houston Astros did this year, mm. it's not even close. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Patriots are doing things that a lot of teams in the NFL do. I mean, Spygate. A lot of teams in the NFL were doing that. Uh, Deflategate. There probably were more quarterbacks that deflated the, the, the that wanted the ball or took a little bit of error. Looks a little like a little bit of a psi out of a football. Brady was not the only quarter. You can't convince me that Brady was the only quarterback to do that. Other quarterbacks have done that. And then this, I think, other teams have tried to find a competitive advantage to do this. It's just it's the Patriots. The league wants to come down at them. Yes, I don't. I'm a Giants fan. I don't like the Patriots, but I but I admit that this is the page. This is the Patriots. The league likes to come down on them. They have a they have a long history, so they're going to dock them a, a third round pick. And 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 just like at Spygate, I think Spygate and Deflategate, they took a first round pick away. They're going to dock them another draft pick because the, the, the league wants to crack down. The league wants to crack down the Patriots, and they're a repeat offender. Yep. Yeah. That you summed that up right there. Because remember though. Back in 06, remember the, J- the Jets were actually filming. You mean 07? Uh, they, they, oh, yeah, 07, at the undisclosed location. They did nothing to the Jets. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole things that, that go on with the Patriots is kind of ridiculous, and I think it's absurd. I think, it's, I think you know, Deflategate was a total waste of time. I mean, if you're going to get upset, and, and the, the funny thing about Deflategate was Brady actually played better in that AFC Championship game when the balls weren't deflated. So, I mean, this is, this is getting absolutely ridiculous with, you know, finding little things that the Patriots do just to get a competitive advantage. Yes. As a Giants fan, it's tough to admit this because I'm not the biggest Patriot fan in the world. I'm, 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 the first, I'm, I'm not a Patriots fan at all, but you have to admit, this is a great organization. Stop being jealous that they're winning this much. A lot of these teams are trying to get competitive advantages. I mean, if you look at this versus like the Houston Astros, it's not even close. To to, to 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 what's going on? The Astros, what they're doing is cheating. In my what they did was cheating, in my opinion. What the Patriots have been doing is just getting a competitive advantage on their opponent, which a lot of teams in the NFL have been doing. In every sport, you know, everybody's yeah. trying to kind of find that competitive, you know, that kind of edge. So it, yeah, it happens. You know, everybody does, but it seems, uh, you know, that the Patriots get busted for it the most. But it's it's the Patriots. I I know that being a fan, it's. Because that, that, the flake ain't one, because it's like they beat the Colts by 30. What was it, 42 to 3? Like, come 40, on. By 45 to 7. And 45 to 7, okay. there's no way the Colts were going to win that game no matter what. I mean, the Colts could have deflated their own footballs, and they would not have won that game, okay? They, Let's be they, honest. They they were done pretty much when they walked in the five for that day. Yeah, because so yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I never understood it now. Why did Brady even deflate him? Who knows? That's a question for another day. Like, well, I guess they're, you know, trying to go do it. It's just, I, yeah. The league was just never regulating the rule. They were just letting it go. It was just like Spygate, just like the Flategate. There was no regulation by the league with any of those rules. Then one team gets caught. And then, and then finally, you know, they, they have to now regulate the rule and, and now, and, and have for teams stop doing it. So it doesn't really make an impact on winning or losing games. It's just getting a competitive advantage. And, and, and yeah, the Patriots get docked because, and like I've said earlier, like I said throughout this entire segment, because of the Patriots. Yeah, no, I'm with, I'm with you. And being a Patriot fan, I don't I don't like it. You know, I know it's not a, you know it, a third round pick is pretty important, and you're taking away for you know getting a little bit of advantage. I, I just against the one of ten bagels. Come on, I know it was tight for that first half. That was you know. Pretty disappointing. It was tight for that whole first half. Yeah, it, it, it showed you where the Patriots were going last year. The fact that the that the uh, that that the game was tight. I mean, showed that was the direction the Patriots were going. And Joe gets a comment: cheating is cheating. The Pats should stop cheating. Yeah, I, I I get it, but you can't. And listen, I'm not a Patriots fan. I will say this: you can't tell me other teams haven't done some of the same stuff the Patriots have been doing. So listen, yes, they they can call it cheating, a competitive advantage, or anything. But to me, it's not impacting the game. Really, it's not really impacting the game much at all. No, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I, they they really don't. But they, they do get can caught because the NFL keeps catching them. I, you know, if the NFL wanted to go after somebody else, they would. But it's the Patriots. They they they, they got to knock them off somehow. You know, they, the NFL's got to bust them somehow. Because um, you know, if you, you really wanted to look into it, there's teams in every sport that are trying to get a competitive. Competitive advantage. Oh yeah, we, we had a we had a disaster this year in baseball. Yeah. A team that was that was just who cheated more by far more than any other team. Yeah, 
and they didn't even get pointers that bad. <laughs> uh, that's another story. That's another right. story there. Yeah, well, yeah, them in the right, you know, that wasn't bad, but it's, it's, you know, it, it's the NFL wants it because there's probably, because there's probably people out there that love that the Patriots get busted every time. They're, you know, I, I mean, Joe, let's, let's not put the Patriots on the same level. Yeah, the Red Sox, yeah. the same. I, I, say, I hate, I, they're Boston teams, but don't put them on the same level as the Astros. You cannot put anybody on the same level as the Astros. We're not doing signs. You can't put anybody on the same, on the same level as the Astros. No, no, you can't. You can't. No, yeah, no. We're, I, no, I mean, we've gotten caught. They probably shouldn't have done some of the stuff that they've done, but it, it's not as bad as the Astros and Red Sox. And, the, you know, Again, if you every if the NFL really wanted to look into it about every team, they they could find majority of the teams do the same pro- things that the Patriots do. Yeah, so it. Yeah, and, and I'm one who hates I hates the Red Sox and Patriots much more than I hate the Astros. So, and I'm admitting the Astros cheated much worse than those two teams. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm I'm winning. The Astros was one of the worst cheating candles we've seen in a long time, and uh, yeah, it, you know this is it's a little this one was a very small thing that the Patriots did. And yeah, I mean, you for, completely forgot about it. That's the thing. It's, yeah. It was forgotten about, and then it finally gets brought up because the Patriots signed Cam Newton. And then, oh, we, oh, the NFL just you know gives them their, their gives them their punishment for this. Yeah, because now the NFL knows. Oh, they're going to be a little bit better. They probably thought uh, they're not going to be a playoff team. So hey, let's go uh, go after them. They're going to be they uh, they're going to go win 10, 11 games again. Go punish them or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if you if you listen to a lot of the Boston media, they're not talking about this because they know. Yeah, yeah, the third round pick's important, but but still, the bigger news is they're talking about Cam Newton. Yeah. I mean, they're not talking about this. That's why this isn't a huge deal. Like the penalty was a, was a little bit harsh, but with their history, you can understand it. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah. So we are going to shift over to the NBA, and on uh, on Friday, the NBA released their released their schedule in Orlando. And, uh, and it, I, th- I think, you know, eight teams playing in this bubble, which I let's, before we get into our, uh, before we get into the games and everything, it, this is going to be very risky. And you say, and you heard Adam Silver say yesterday, if this thing continues to spread, they're probably going to shut this thing down and I can't blame them for it at all. No, you, you can't. And it's again, part of me wants to say, all right, we're getting, you know, Again, because I, you know, right, you know, because the second wave's coming much early than, you know, everybody anticipated. The thing is, you know, at, you know, it's tough because we have to get to a point where you have to say, all right, we have to move on. We got to kind of get our lives moving again, you know. And, you know, I thought we were getting, you know, I know around here up in Connecticut, we've been fortunate right now not to get that second wave yet, like the only state not going to here. I don't think, I think the second wave might still be coming. I think the problem is, is that states like Florida and Texas and Arizona and California, those states weren't following the rules. They weren't following the, here in Connecticut, we did a great job following the rules. You got to give Lamont credit. He's done a great job, you know, putting phases together for the state and the state and people, and we have been following the rules. That's why we've been healthy here. This hasn't been spreading. Really around the Northeast hasn't been spreading because everyone has been following the rules. The problem is, in other states, they haven't been following the rules. That's why cases are going up. That's the problem, and especially in Florida, where now the NBA is going to have this huge event, and it's a major risk because of of uh, you know of Florida, you know, after in the state of in the months of May and June, not following the rules. Yeah, you know, and, and I think places open up too early. People aren't following the rules. I've been wearing my mask everywhere. You know, I. I I, I, you know, I want sports back. I want to go to UConn games in November as well. Uh, listen, so, even at I, that I, point, I know season tickets came out today and you probably know that too. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't count on it to be honest. I still yeah, think I that I would not count on season ticket UConn games. I think, I think that's going to be played fanless too. I think things should be played fanless for a while so we can get this virus out of here. And obviously we get the second wave that could be coming in all, in all, in, 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 uh, and I don't know when it's coming, but there's a rumor of a second wave too. As Joe yeah. just put up a graphic, graphic. Yeah. things are rising around the U.S., including Florida. If everybody followed the rules like we did in Connecticut, this would not be a problem right now. Yeah, you know, it, it probably wouldn't. And just, you know, and the big problem is we made too. The epicenter of all this is in their Orlando area, is where they're getting the most cases. So you're supposed to be playing down there, Orlando. Their hospitals, I think, are pretty. You no, know, I don't know what the capacity. It's 
you know, capacities are filling up now. I know like for hospitals, Arizona, they're at like 90% right now, um, which is, you know, why they had to shut their state down. Um, it's, it's, it's risky. And you're kind of seeing guys back out. Um, Andrew Jordan just did. Um, uh, Spencer did when he came down with the virus, that Nets team is going to be, if they play that Nets team is going to be unwatchable. And, and, and that, I mean, that Nets team might end up, it's probably going to miss the playoffs. The Wizards are probably end up making the playoffs because the, the Nets may end up missing the playoffs the way the way they're going. They might lose every game down, down in Orlando. It's possible. I know they're five and a half back. The Wizards are five and a half out of it. Yeah, yeah, but all they have to be is four games behind, and they would get into a play-in tournament with with the Nets. Yeah, which is uh, could be possible with that, you know, with who with everybody the Nets are losing. At this and, point. And listen, that play-in tournament is probably going to be who's going to get swept by the Bucks in the first round. So it's yeah. probably unwatchable, but still. And I, I could see the Nets not end up getting into the body of the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I could see that happening too right now with just the Nets are just dropping like flies at the moment, every, you know, with, with the virus. And, you know, KD's probably pretty smartly saying, yeah, I'm not going to play this year. It's probably the right move for him. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know if it's the net. yeah, whoever the Nets may, you know, get, you know, if they do get to play the Wizards and then somehow move on, yeah, they'll get swept by the Bucks easily in four games. <laughs> Won't even yeah. be a contest. But look at the schedule. I really like the schedule. It's going to be, if, if this, if it could happen. I mean, that's still a big question if it happens because there's, there's, there, there are games all day. You got games starting at one o'clock, games starting at two 30. You got games all day. And I really like the schedule. I mean, yes, it's not the playoffs, but I really like the schedule with games going on all day. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty good. I, I, I do want to, um, I am, um, you know, it, it's, you know, it, and with sports coming back, it's kind of good to have something going on all day because we've had it for months and not just, um, you know, if the NBA actually plays, you know, because um, that's the other, actually going back to that, because training camp is supposed to start like next week. I think it's like the ninth. Next week, yeah. Next so week. They got to make this. So we'll probably find out in the next few days if this actually happens or not, Let's, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, um, the games all day is good to, you know, have something to do while we still really can't do much. Um, still not much you can do right now, but, um, you know, one of the schedules I am very, I'm not happy with is New Orleans Pelicans. They had the 22nd race schedule and I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And this is why I'm not a big NBA guy. Oh, no, 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 they, they, you know, you know, the reason they've done this, yeah, the reason they're, they're doing this, of course, they want the Pelicans to make the playoffs. And this, and this is why I'm not a big NBA guy, because they just play, they just do it for the, it just, this annoyed me, and I'm, and, um, like, the, the 20 seconds, come on. Like, I know, and you're so not, not, they made it so obvious that they want but, the Pelicans in the playoffs. Of course, they want the Pel, they want LeBron and Zion in the first round, which I like, but you don't because your Kings are going to have trouble making it because they, they do, they do play each other twice, and you're in the Kings probably play the Lakers because the Pelicans don't play the Lakers. No. The, the Kings play, I think the Kings play the Lakers a couple times. I saw the schedule. They play the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, but the good, the good part is. Oh, is when they play the Lakers, though. If they play the Lakers a little bit later on, I think it's better because LeBron and AD might sit because they might have the number one seed clinched and the Lakers don't want to risk anything. But if they play the Lakers early, that's going to be a really tough game. Oh, yeah, actually, I'm going to – because I forget. I know they play them at some point. I Because um, they play in the last game of the year, the Kings. So oh, th th that's not that bad, though, because at that point, I think the Lakers are going to have the number one seat clinched, and they'll probably sit LeBron and AD, because they're, they're going to load manage LeBron and AD if they have every, if they have the number one seat clinched. You know that. Yeah, yeah. so actually, I didn't know it was the last game, so that actually pans out, But because I'm not happy. The Kings don't play the Trailblazers, and they don't play the Grizzlies. Um, I don't, they, they, there's one more they don't play either. Like, that, like, when they made the schedule, I figured the Kings were definitely playing the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Suns. Like they they open up the Suns. Like they can't gain a game on the Memphis. They can't gain anything on Portland because they can't play them. Like they the Kings have to win the two games in the Pelicans. They they have to steal those two in the Pelicans. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not happy about it. I thought they were gonna organize it like teams kind of. That's in, not you know, in, that, your area. That's not the NBA, dude. That is not the NBA. They want the ratings. They want LeBron and Zion, and especially me too as a consumer. And I don't have my my teams out of it. They want LeBron and Zion in the first round. They want that matchup big time because they know they're definitely get a ton of eyeballs to the set to watch LeBron against Zion. They're not getting eyeballs, no offense, to watch the Kings and the Lakers. They're not getting eyeballs to watch 
the Grizzlies and the Lakers. They're not even getting eyeballs to watch the Spurs and the Lakers. Even though that's been a rivalry for years, the Spurs are not an entertaining team. And they're not getting eyeballs to even to watch the Suns and the Lakers. Even though Devin Booker's really good, still, he's not Zion. To, to a lot of, he's not he's maybe better than Zion, but he's not as popular as Zion. They want Zion LeBron in the first round, and, 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 that's, and they're desperate for that. Oh, yeah. They, you can could, you could see it. I would not have about that when I saw that schedule come out. Uh, 22nd. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the NBA season, we did have a graphic that said, said the 23rd. That's the baseball season starts the 23rd. NBA season starts July 30th. So yeah, so that, that's when the seasonal. That's when the NBA season starts. Thank you, John. He just he just he just fixed on the graphics. Everybody may have just got a little confused with uh, the NBA and the NFL, the NBA and I mean the MLB season coming back. So a lot of these leagues, you know, going at the same time, so it can get confusing. So yeah, NBA season starts July thirtieth, and uh, right now we'll go over our top ten games during this during this stretch stretch that that we want to see. And I'm going to start with mine, and I'm going to start first, and you're going to like me because I I picked a game that you're going to be interested in, August eleventh. Uh, Pelicans Kings could be a big game for that number nine seed and to get into that play in tournament. So that's why um, I'm ex- that's why the only Kings game I'm excited to see, no offense, the only Kings game I'm excited to see against the Pelicans on August 11th. Number nine, Jazz Pelicans, uh, July 30th, first game back. You're, you're, you're waiting for the NBA to come back. It's been, it's been, it's been shut down for four and a half months. You're waiting for the NBA to come back. It's the first game. I'm looking forward to Pelicans and Jazz, th- that first game. Number eight, I'm going August 7th, Celtics and Raptors. And here's a big reason why. The Celtics are three games behind the Raptors. And if you look at the way the East is structured, you don't want to be – there's a big difference between being the two seed and the three, in the three seed. Because if you're the two seed, you're probably going to play either the Nets, Magic, or Wizards in the first round, and you should cruise by any of those teams. If you were the – no, I mean, I mean the two seed. If you're the two seed, you should play the Nets, Wizards, or Magic, and Magic, and you should cruise by those teams. If you wind up being the number three seed – you're more than likely going to have to play Indiana, and that's definitely and that's been a team that's had that had Victor Oladipo out for for a good part of the season, and that that is definitely a much tougher first round series if you have to play the Pacers versus playing the uh, the, the Nets, the Magic, or the Wizards. So if you're if you're that or you're about to play the Sixers too with Simmons and Embiid, and that would be a much tougher series as well. So you definitely want to get the two seed in the East. You get a more easier series. So that's why I'm excited to see the Celtics and the Raptors because the Celtics right now are three games behind the Raptors for the number two seed. Number seven, I'll pick another Celtic game on July 31st, the second night of the season. I'm going to go Bucks and Celtics. You get to see Giannis, and you'll probably be able to see Giannis because they'll still be trying to play for that number one seed. And, and also, the Celtics are trying to fight for that number two seed. So I'm excited. You know, uh, Celtics are always a compelling team to watch. And then playing one of the top players, playing a guy that's probably going to be the league MVP. So I'm excited for that game as well. Number six, August 7th, Bucks and Rockets. And that's the matchup between Harden and Giannis. I mean, you don't get to see that matchup often. Two of the top score, probably two, could be possibly two of the best scores in the game. Seeing that, seeing those two guys go at it, that brings a ton of excitement for me. And as still to that point, I still think the Bucks could be playing for the number one seed. So I'll be excited to watch that one. Number five, Clippers and Mavs. The Mavs are going to try to get that number six seed so they could stay away from playing the Clippers or the or playing the Clippers in the first round. I think that's crucial because if you get the Clippers or Lakers in the first round, you're probably going to get eliminated. Right now, the Mavs are currently the number seven seed in the uh, in the Western Conference. They want to get up to six. They'd much rather play the Rockets than play the Clippers in the first round. So that's why I'm excited to see that matchup. Number uh, number four. I'm going Rockets Mavs on July 31st. That's a, that's a, that's an early season that's an early season game and also a matchup to see who can get that number 6 seed so they can avoid playing the Clippers in the in the first round of the playoffs. So I think that's that that's that's an interesting matchup. Uh we look at a uh, number uh number 3 uh first night Clippers Lakers. I think this could be the last chance for the Clippers to try to compete for that number 1 seed with the Lakers. If the Lakers win that game, they're going to get the number 1 seed in the Western Conference. Number two, I'm going to go with Pelicans Clippers. I mean, you got the reason the NBA did this whole bubble idea, have this bubble idea, and then go straight to the playoffs is they wanted Giannis to make the playoffs. So you would have Giannis going up against one of the top players in the league, uh, Kawhi Leonard. It's it's it's. I mean, I mean, Zion, I mean, I mean, Zion going. Thanks, Justin. It'd be, it'd be Zion going up against Kawhi Leonard. So it'd be a really interesting matchup there. It's early on, so it's August first. So it's re- it's on a Saturday. It's really early on that the Clippers could still be competing for the number one seed. So I think that's why I'm really excited for that matchup. And my number one game could surprise you a little bit. My number one game 
is the Grizzlies against the Pelicans because and it's the only this is the only time they're playing. It's on Monday, August third, and the big reason why is if the Grizzlies win this game, there is a chance they can knock the Pelicans out of the playoffs if they win that game. Uh, um, so these are my top ten. I actually got King Pelican two, the number ten. Thank you for showing my King some love. I was very surprised. <laughs> You're surprised, yeah. You're surprised. I had, to, I had to show some. I had to show your king some love there. I did. Yeah, I, you know, because it is a huge game for him. That they, that's a must win for him. Uh, my number nine is I got the Jazz Pelicans as well. The first game back for both sides, um, and then it should be interesting too to see Zion Williamson, one of the you know mere players, um, going to against one of the best shot blockers too, and Rudy Gobert as well. So that should be an interesting matchup down low. Number eight, I have the other first night game, Lakers-Clippers. I kind of have it down here because I know the Clippers are five, four and a half, five back. Um, this kind of sets the, te- the, the, um, 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 this sets the, um. Sets the tone for how the two weeks are going to go. Yeah, I was, yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see without being, you know, how does, the, how does that rivalry go without, you know, the fans and all that. Um, that should be interesting. Number seven. I got Grizzlies Portland July 31st. I think this is a huge one. Um, Portland's three and a half back. They really need to beat Memphis here. Should be a good matchup too against Damian versus uh, Morant. That should be a fun one. Number six, I have Houston versus Milwaukee. This is a and this is the first time too. Giannis and Jane, or, um, James Harden got to face Giannis after calling him out for um, you know. Oh, I, for, I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah so that you now that should be interesting. Um, number five, they got Houston versus LA. I think this is a big one for Houston. You had four months here. They get healthy, get rest. How's their small ball work me against the Lakers here? Um, and actually, breaking news: the Lakers just finalized the deal with J.R. Smith. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how. Because Avery Bradley's not going to travel with them, so they need a number two, a shooting guard. So mm-hmm. that that makes sense. So Jr. Hopefully, he knows the time and score of the game, which he did two years ago. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, they gave him the times already. That, yeah. That'd be nice for him. Um, but I think this is a big one for Houston because we're really going to find out Houston going to be a threat to the Lakers in the, in the Western Conference. I think that, you know, if, the, if you know, with their small ball lineup, so I think this is a very, it's a crucial game for Houston. Now, at this, it's August 6th, so who knows? The Lakers could be resting LeBron and AD, but if not, and we get to kind of see Harden, those Rockets go up against the Lakers, could be interesting to see. Number four, I got Pellas Grizzlies, big one, um, the two – two top rookies and the former AAU teammates um, go up against each other. Zion versus Morant. Um, that should be a big one, especially for that number eight seed in the Western Conference. Number three, I got the Bucks Raptors. August 10th, could this now, they could be resting depending on where the standings are. I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Bucks are going to easily be out of the Raptors by that point. I think they will. Um, but again, it could be a matchup of, of a preview of the Eastern conference finals. Yeah. That'll be a much different Eastern conference finals this year. If they play without, with the, with the Raptors not having Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it will. And it will it be, it should be Giannis's year to get to that. Uh, it, it, Giannis better get to the NBA finals this year. Okay. He better get there or I, or, or she should not win the MVP. If Giannis doesn't get to the NBA finals, he shouldn't win the MVP. That's cool. Isn't it? You know, I, I mean, this is the easy. This is the, he doesn't have Kawhi in the conference anymore. LeBron's out of the conference as well. He needs to get the NBA Finals this year. That, 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 that's a must. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, that. You know, I definitely. You know, um, but that because yeah, it, it's pretty much their conference right now. Um, you know, number two, I got the um, Celtics going up against the Raptors um, on the on the seventh. I think it's a big one. Can the Celtics try to make that push to get that two seed? And they, you know, who knows? I think that's a big one for Boston. Um, you know, I'm kind of rooting for Boston here, being a Kemba fan. So kind of rooting for Boston, maybe get out of the East. And then number one, um, this is probably gonna be a surprising one, but it's the final game between OKC and the Clippers. I think this could really shake up some of the Western Conference, depending on how like the Clippers play and, and OKC. Um, you know, especially because OKC is right there with Utah, one back. They're tied with the Rockets, um, and they're only a game up at half in, in Dallas. So I think this could be a huge one of maybe you know, like a lot of teams could maybe flip and flop some spots. The Clippers may not matter, but they could. Again, they're only one up. They're only one and a half up on Denver here. So 
um, going in. So depending on what happens, maybe the Clippers fall to a three. I think this could really potentially be a game where you could see a lot of change it's kind of a surprising one but it could um could have kind of big impact maybe it's yeah it's yeah rest yeah i mean the thing is is uh yeah and you want to play okc in the playoffs because that team has completely played over their head this year that was a team that was not even expected to make the playoffs they're like probably like the I think like the five or four or five seed in the, in the, in the West right now. So that's a team that's played completely over their head this year, but that's a team you want to play in the playoffs. Cause I don't see there's really being, bad, they don't have the ceiling that Houston has or even, or even the ceiling that uh, Denver or the, or the nugget or the, or the, uh, or the jazz had, they don't have that ceiling. So I think that the OKC is definitely a team, definitely a team you, you definitely want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Right now they're sitting at that five. So, but definitely, you know, Billy Donovan was playing for his job this year and he, and he really kept it. And we were, you know, Played his way to the contracts, and because I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams of Western Conference, but look at them here—they're you know they're only two and a half back of being a uh, two seed. So yeah, they they got a better record than the Rockets after the Rockets get their quote unquote best player. Shows you how overrated Russell Westbrook is, but still, yeah, I mean it's been a really good year for OKC. But you want to you want to play in the playoffs because they don't have a high ceiling. Yeah, no, they don't really have that superstar in the Western Conference that everybody else does right now. Pretty much one through eight, they kind of have that one guy. They don't really have that, you know. It's been a collective effort, you know. I, they, they've been, they've been great, you know. Very, very surprising, um, but yeah, you know, it kind of shows that maybe, maybe they didn't really need Russell, you know. Like they, they can, you know, they can make the playoffs without him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you, you got a point there. So we're going to wrap up the show talk, recapping the travelers. And uh, I started watching this uh, on Sunday. I watched the final round and uh, coming into, coming into the day, uh, Brendan Todd had a two stroke lead over Dustin Johnson, but there was that disastrous, disastrous 12th hole by Brent, by Brendan Todd, just a complete disaster. He triple bogeyed that 12th hole, which pretty much knocked him out. He ended up, I think way down. I think he shot like five over for the day. He ended up, uh, 13 under par for, for the tournament. So he, he had a terrible, terrible day. He was the leader going into the final day and he had a terrible day, but Dustin Johnson ended up winning the travelers by one stroke. This is his 21st win, 21st win on the PGA tour end of the day, uh, 19 under par. And I thought, you know, things got really interesting. That shot he had on 15, where it was a terrible shot. He almost went into the water, but then he was able to recover ended up. He was even on, on the 15th hole. He did bogey the 16th hole. And, and that, that, that caused some intrigue, but he stayed, he, he shot par on the 17th and 18th and ended up winning the tournament. And he beat Kevin Streelman by one stroke, the 2014 travelers champion, Kevin Streelman by a stroke, uh, to win the travelers championship. And I thought, it, you know, it was nice to see a sporting event that you really cared about. Cause really for me with golf, I care about the four majors and the travelers. That's it. I, I have trouble watching really any other you know, golf tournament. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I just can't watch and I can't watch another golf tournament until the next major. So, but I always like to watch the travelers cause it's a local event. You know, it's, it's, a, it's the, the biggest sporting event that comes to Connecticut every year. And I thought this was a really good tournament. I wa I watched a lot of it on Sunday and Dustin Johnson got his 21st, 21st win on the PJ tour, winning the travelers championship. Yep, that was actually Dustin Johnson's first win since 2019, so it's been a while for uh, Dustin. Um, but I, I watched some. I did watch um, Sunday's coverage. Um, now that first day, the way um, Mackenzie Hughes started out with that 10 under, died. I think that was a record. I think or close for like a first day. That was impressive. Going the 10 under, he gave himself like a three-stroke lead, I believe, on Rory. Um, it was actually Phil was in it too until the weekend. He kind of yeah, he was actually. I think it was he, he was winning after Friday. He was he was he was like he was on top after Friday. So yeah, that was he, nice. Yeah, he was. He kind of fell off the final two days, but it, it was good. I know, and I only say he was playing his best um, golf, so he feels good. So maybe some good things to come for Phil the next few weeks. Um, and then always one of the good stories I love hearing golf is like, like Will Gordon wasn't even sponsored on the um, PGA Tour, but uh, has a big week. He finished under 17. I think he finished second or third. I think it was tied for third with uh, with Mackenzie Hughes. Okay, so I he finished top third because now he um, gets like that temporary card and he gets to be on tour the rest of the year. So uh, nice little um, 
you know, for Will Gordon to get on. I always like hearing about those guys, you know. Ones aren't sponsored, but they come in, have a huge weekend, and now they're down there on tour for the rest of the year. So, uh, you know, that was good to see. But, yeah, it's always a great tournament around here. It, it was weird not seeing the blimp fly around, um, you know, usually see the blimp from my house. It yeah, was, yeah. Like, usually we have, like, the sign that directs you to travelers coming Yeah, exactly. Track. Yeah, because you're, you're right there. You're right next to it. About four or five miles, maybe even it's, it's pretty close. It's, you know, wow, that's close. Ten minute drive from my house, but yeah, it was weird not seeing all the signs and all that. It, you know, but it, um, it was good to it was good to see kind of see some of the locals. You know, yeah, because you're right, it's the biggest sporting event of the year in Connecticut. Oh, it, it, it always is. And too bad, too bad there wasn't any fans at the travel this year. But it was, a, it was a. It was, it was still fun to watch. Still watching it. And you could hear the crowd from the neighbors, you know, yeah. watching the tournament from their houses. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, it was good to have something local for us, something, you know, that we kind of know. Um, but, yeah, you know, it was a good tournament. It was, it was a good one to watch. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed it, and it was it was just a great, it was a fun tournament, and you know it was nice to get a sporting event that we really cared about back. That that was the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's I'm with you. It's, I usually watch that one and a few majors on Sunday. That's that's about it for me in golf as well. So yeah, yeah. It, it was good to see this one back. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J for my co-host Justin Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week bringing you any sports news that comes our way. Have a great July 4th weekend, everybody.